0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. On today's episode, something a little different. I was actually interviewed for his podcast by a close friend of mine, Mr. Matt Smith. Uh, He's been on my podcast, and we thought that it was such a fun episode we wanted to share it with you as well. So if you're someone that wants to grow your business, of course, feel free to check out our free Facebook community, www.joinmygroup.com.au. And of course, if you want to see how to grow your business, listen to this episode. But until then, let's jump into the show. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate
1: it. It is an honour, my good man. Um, I guess for um, all of us fellow skull takers, who the hell is Kim Barrett? Kim is my name.
0: Leeds is my game. Um, no, so my, uh, so I've been doing stuff uh, online for like the last, you know, 16, 17 years, and and really wanting to hone in on when Facebook ads first came out, that was like my, my jam. I wanted to hone in on that and, and figure out how I could use that to grow businesses. And for me, it's always been um, about how can I find different ways to help businesses? Cause when I was younger, like I would go past and you'd see like shops and they're closing. And like when you're a little kid, you don't really understand why. And you're like, what? Like that was a cool shop. The lady there was nice. Like why are they closed? Or, you know, why is that it yeah. doesn't exist anymore. And then my dad told me, it's like, look, they just didn't have any customers. When we go in and spend money, that's how they make money. They don't have enough people going in. And um, yeah. and I was like, oh, why don't they just get more people? You know, like as a kid, you'd ask us just like straight questions. You're like, why don't they? And it's like, well, you know, they don't know how to get people in. They don't, you know, you don't hear them on the radio or on TV or see them in the newspaper. And that to me was kind of like a, a moment where I was like, oh, well, if I want to help businesses because i always wanted to be in business or businessman of some sort with my kind of thing when i was a little kid i was like i want to do that um and i was all right well that's going to be something that i have to figure out like i have to figure out how to make sure that's the case and then like forever through any like little endeavors that i did from that point it was always about how do i make sure that i'm not like those people where you know you couldn't uh you know you couldn't survive anymore you had to close the doors um because the difference if you close the doors because you decide to versus like not having any customers so i never wanted to yeah. that to be a a problem and ever since then kept working iterating learned direct response advertising um as deeply as i could you know learn from all the old old school guys as much as i could and um and that was my big focus was like yeah just how do i make sure that that never is the case for me like i'm happy if i if i have to close because it's on my terms versus being like can't get customers
1: yeah that's interesting you share that i we, we have that in common um i would you'd look around you see a store you just you can sadly you hope you're wrong but you can tell this ain't gonna work mm-hmm. it's um if only they had the tools and the the resources and the The knowledge to put it all together so you've always it sounds like you've always come from a really good place wanting to help people wanting them to you know so that they can do their thing best um sort of love to go back a minute there and just sort of figure out where you got started um and how you've ended up doing what you're doing now
0: yeah well i mean the my first like i always had little like side hustles and things that i would try and do when i was a little kid so when i was um in year 7 uh, in, Australia, in Australia, that's like 11 years old, say. So I was 11 years old and Pokemon had just come out and I download like an emulator and I put it onto little floppy disks and I was selling them for like two bucks each at school. I didn't realize that that was like copyright infringement, uh, all <laughs> these sorts of things. I was like 11 years old. I was like, oh, people want Pokemon. I'll sell them Pokemon. You know, yeah. like, why not? um very quickly found out that was not a good thing to do um so then but that was like i'd always like if there was a demand for something i'd try and figure out how i could make it work and then fast forward to when i was about 15 years old um one of my other hobbies was uh fish keeping so i claimed you know i was the number one fish breeder in all of western australia where me and my dad we had a spare shed out the back and we had about 50 fish tanks so the tropical fish industry is like multi-billion dollar industry in australia around the world hundreds of billions of dollars there's like some fish you can get that go for dollars hundreds of dollars thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars depending on the type rarity etc so um back then there was forums right there wasn't really facebook groups and things like that it was all forum based so i was a moderator i answered enough questions to then upgrade to a super moderator and then they asked me to, to to join the admin team because i was spending you know so much time on there researching myself helping other people um and just kind of supporting and they said kim but if you come on like we need to get more uh revenue on here to keep the servers going because back then if you hosted a forum that had tons of hits and it was getting like 50 i think 50 to seventy thousand from memory um hits a month which is pretty big at the time like and that's but that was expensive to host the space for that to pay the um all the different things you needed to pay to have a website running was expensive and they're like we need about forty thousand dollars in revenue um, and whether it be donations so that we can auction her off or whatever, but we need to like for the year forty thousand dollars of commitments is what we need. And I was like, "All right, cool, let's see what we can do." So I was like, "Why would people give us money?" And they're like, "Well, we've got all these visitors." Here's like a screenshot. Back then, it was like you know, put it into into Microsoft Paint. Uh, drew some drawings on it and circle some things, and it was like, "Cool, <laughs> we've got all these visitors coming." We've got literally the bar across the top. Right, which was where we could put banners. We could put website banners and things like that. It's like, great, let's go and try. So all I did was I was like, cool. Googled all of the fish places in Australia, went on to other forums, looked at who their sponsors were. Because um, I was like, if you sponsor one, surely you're likely to sponsor two or three, like to get a bit of hmm. awareness. And I just put together an email and I was like, hey, um, I'm an admin of this forum. Here's the link. We have 10 spaces available, two currently have gone. We have, at the time of writing this, we have eight spaces available. Here's our traffic. This is what we do. This is what we're looking for. And um, P.S., I was, I'm sending this to uh, 40 of the top fish stores in Australia. If you're in, you can either send us a link back of what you would like to commit, or here's a PayPal link if you want to grab a spot not knowing that at the time i was like using scarcity and urgency yeah. and all this sort of stuff because it was like that was just legitimately what it was right it was just like this yeah. is ha- this is the actual scenario couldn't make more of space couldn't do anything else i was like okay well, let, me, let me try it so i uh, i fired that up sent it off and the next morning we woke up we had over forty thousand dollars of commitments of cash or people that had responded and everything like that and i was like that's when i was like oh wow like if you can control stuff online you can you can make some money there's there's ability to do it i didn't get any of that money by the way uh that all went to the forum so i like i think they sent me two fish as a thank you um (laughs) that was great that was that was my commission um worth (laughs) it but um that it just opened my eyes up to like okay cool people want attention on the internet. And then I started going more and more down marketing and and learning that side of things. And then when Facebook ads, I was like pretty heavy at affiliate marketing and testing that out. Then when Facebook ads came out, I was like, all right, I'm going to play with this. And I remember I just kept playing with it and using it. And then people would be like, oh, how did you do that? Like even my sister and I had, had bought a house and sold it. And I was chatting to the real estate agents that were selling our house. And they were like, oh, so what do you like do? And I was like, oh, I do a little bit of this marketing stuff. Like, for example, if you had a Facebook page and you're doing this, like, if, would you want inquiries? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, that's what I do is I help people get the inquiries come through. And so I signed, like, just after they finished selling our house, I signed them up as one of my first clients. Um, there you go. Which was pretty cool. So I was happy to, to bring them on board. And um, and that kind of sparked me forward from there. And I was like, who cool. Just kept playing with ads, iterating, playing with online business, launching and learning different things. Like, even when, you know, funnels came out for the first time i remember like watching the webinar when like russell brunson launched click funnels and, and things like that where it's um it all kind of came to the forefront just trying to stay on top of things and then i was like well i have just got to pick the main lane that i want to be in which is like paid ads and like the method which is direct response and just just only focus there keep learning keep learning keep learning and and that was you know now 10 years ago that that point in time happened um so it's just been like my my everyday life since then so it's uh it's just been learning iterating and 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 trying to teach as well so i always find that if i can teach it it helps me understand it even more um but i don't really like to teach stuff that i haven't done so i always make sure i do it first test it make sure that it works break it and then um and then teach it because when i teach it then i get asked questions that will make me think about it even more deeply so that i can make sure that i fully understand it as well
1: gotcha so, you're at the, when like Facebook ads first came out, you were there. I was you're there. In the game. I was on there the HS.
0: Yeah. The forefront of, of ads. <laughs> Man, it's changed a bit since then, I'm guessing. <laughs> I used to just be like, click this button. Put a, you know, a, a orange border around a picture of a pretty girl and send traffic. That would work. Beautiful. <laughs> right hand ads only. You know, it was um, it was good. Like, <laughs> I remember when newsfeed ads came out. I was like, man, this is a game changer. Like, this is gonna make things so much more easy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was uh, crazy times.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, so when did you figure out like you wanted to build a, a Facebook ads business or like an agency and, and stuff like that? like when did that kick in?
0: Pretty like I didn't know that I wanted to, like, I didn't really know that an agency like it didn't exist, like, being especially a Facebook ads agency. Like, at the time, there was probably a handful of agencies at that, like, doing that in the country, maybe like two or three, but most of them were extensions of like news and TV agencies that were doing big stuff and they just started playing with it. And then there was, like, one one of my very early um, mentors, Ben Simkin, had started doing it. And he was, like, the only person really in Australia that was doing it, like, for people that I I knew of at the time. Um, so I was, like, I'd already started doing it for people, but I was just, like, doing it for people that I met randomly. And they're, like, oh, can you do this? Or so my brother-in-law, I went and worked for him for a while, and he's, like, I'll be your client if you want. And I was, like, oh, okay. Like, people are paying, like, <laughs> Is, this is a this is the thing. This is the thing. Uh, yeah. So then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try and get more, and then I would run ads, try and get more clients and, and stuff, and and we uh, started learning from Ben, my mentor, um, around like what an agency is, how is it structured. You need people to do this because, like, you know, at the time when I was doing it for random people, I was just chucking literally pictures that they would send me. I put it into Canva, put some te- uh, not in Canva, Paint at the time, put some text mm. on it. Download it again. Put it in. I'd write the copy. Uh, I would go to a landing page, which I had to like, you know, um when when ClickFunnels came out, amazing. It's much easier for me. But before that, was like WordPress sites um, that we were just building and just kind of like using different themes and pushing them in there and writing stuff in and trying to build out opt-in forms and stuff. And it, w- it was painful. So Damn. then I started to learn about it, that what an agency is, how they operate, and then I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'd love to have teams supporting me. So the first thing I did, cause the absolute thing I was the most, most terrible at was graphics. That was the first yeah, thing that I brought up. Like, I was like, I know like I suck. This is <laughs> terrible. But, <laughs> it was working, but I was like, look, to make yeah. it a bit more professional, I, I need to get that. And then that was my first ever person that I, I hired. It was a part-time person to come and do some graphics for me and then just started iterating and, and, and adding people from there, board on someone to help me with some sales. Um, then started looking at other people that did ads and then copywriters and then funnel builders and all the all the way down the line.
1: Yeah, right. And how was your, like, in terms of when you figured out, all right, I'm actually doing this thing, people are actually paying for this, it's pretty cool. Um, it could be a real business. What What was the growth pattern there from there when you really
0: made that decision to go all in with it? it was scary. I took on way too many. I was just like, people were like, I want you to do this. I'm like, of course you do. Like, give me money. Let's do it. <laughs> like, and it was a very um, rapid growth without the, fundamentals in place like you know put building a um a card tower on a very rickety table at a pub and people walking past and bumping it that was exactly what it was like at the time because i didn't have the right structures in place um internally systems in place like i had some of them roughly there but yeah and you know like my mentors would tell me things but not everyone's Business operates in the same way. Some people run agencies super lean without too much structure internally. Some people have a very departmentalized, and now you can see it's like becoming more and more um, evident in the way that people are approaching their um, agencies. But at the time, it was like crazy, and I just took on whatever work I would just do it. Yeah. I was doing most of it. So I was like project managing and copywriting it, media buying it. Didn't do the graphics, but I did pretty much everything else. <laughs> um, and then I took on one client who was a ASX listed company. They wanted to run um, huge Christmas campaigns and they were like 8K a month. That was like my biggest ever charge to a client. Um, yeah. And I was like, I've made it. This is it. You know, like <laughs> I'm the king of the castle yeah. now. This person, one person's paying me 8K a month. And um, yeah. they're like, oh, we want to launch all these campaigns for christmas and christmas is my favorite time of year I like hanging out with my family and, and taking a few days off and just unwinding after a big year and this was not going to be the case with this client so i took them on and i think in one week i launched in the vicinity of i think it was like 20 campaigns 40 ad sets and 40 ads so across all like in, in across all of them so you know multiply that out like we're talking you know three three four thousand ads myself jeez and i was like this is not good like i can't like (laughs) this is not good and then they were like oh yeah we're starting to get close to the to the ROAS the return on ad spend that we want um can you do more and i'm like yeah can you increase it (laughs) i was like i can't do any more i'm like dead and then i was like no i've bitten off and that's also when i realized like what my niche was i was like i can't work with e-commerce like this that's why i fully went into lead generation as my as my big focus because um yeah e-commerce like nearly killed me and i like my hands were like blistering from stress it was like it was (laughs) terrible and then i I had to fire them they almost they like they kind of like didn't let me fire them it was weird for a little bit um yeah because they're making money (laughs) yeah they're like why should we let you let us go and i was like yeah what I was like, no, this is not the conversation. Like, I'm I'm like, I'm sorry. It's not you, it's me. We have to break up. Um. Yeah. yeah, it was it was hard, but that was probably like the 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 start. And then I was like, okay, after that point, after Christmas, I managed to hand them over to a bigger, more experienced e-com agency that I was um had some connections with. And I was like, Cool, can I please give you guys this client? And they're like, Oh, we don't take clients that are like spending like they they must have thought it was a small client that like, we do not take clients that are spending like you know 20 20 grand a month and i was like that's cool man they're spending 20k a day and then they're like oh we'll take them <laughs> yeah we'll take them yeah yeah i was like okay <laughs> cool thank you so that was um then i was like all right great like if i was to ever get a client like that again in the lead gen space like what do i have to have in place systems communication because yeah. i was getting like calls from clients emails from clients everything like it was so so messy so then i had to figure out How did I want communication to look? How did I want to deliver reporting? Like all the fundamentals that needed to be there, um, I had to kind of rebuild at that point. So then it was like, okay, great. Then let me build the solid foundation so then I could start stacking things up from there rather than just going, oh, cool. Like clients want to give me money, take it, and then figure out the rest later.
1: Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, because you really don't know what you don't know. Um you sure did figure out <laughs> what you liked and what you didn't pretty quick, I suppose. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. I had to literally put my hand on the, on the stove to see that it was hot and uh, and then figure <laughs> it out for a bit.
1: Yeah, gotcha. So then through that process, you figured out lead gen was your jam. Like that's what you wanted to focus on. Yeah. Was it specific niches or just lead gen in general? That yeah, we've
0: done like uh property development and investment and then fitness has always been one that we had. Just we had like some really good friends in in health and fitness, so that was always one. And then like um educators, when I say educators, not like teachers, but like people that run webinars, live events, things like that. Like that was all, those three will kind of have always been our jam. Um mm-hmm. just because we like we we like those industries, um, and we just had a really good process down for all of them. And we've kind of always have had so that those were the big three that we always focused on and just like refined into them and because and we've, we've occasionally taken people outside of that um as uh, as a lot of people do but they're like predominantly the ones that we focused on because otherwise it was you know we've done ones, we've had electricians come on we've had this we've had that and yes we've been able to get them results but it's like the ones that we love to work with long term are the ones where we know that cool you know, if this stops, we know how to we know how to fix it. If something doesn't go right, we know how to tweak it. We've got backups on backups, all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So going through that, and you used to talk me in and out of uh, not taking on the wrong wrong client or the wrong niche as well. So that you can't get the leads. It's just if you've got something that's proven working, you can solely focus on on the one space. It's just so much simpler. Hey,
0: yeah. It just allows them, it's like, it's fun for us as the person who's like, you know, pushing the buttons and playing with things. We're like, oh, a new, like, industry. Cool, let's do it. Let's crack it. But then it's like, when you start bringing (laughs) on the team on, it's like, oh, okay, now we have to completely change our headset every, you know, hour into a different client doing this, 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 and just become painful for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And at what point did you sort of identify like you – um you know you wanted to get into either the the coaching space the the done with you space consulting that sort of thing
0: yeah i'd I'd always been kind of doing that along the way because um my brother in law's business had a like a business mastermind kind of thing attached to it um I right, had yeah. helped him kind of like grow up and speak out and things so um he'd always be like, hey you could like you run our ads as well, you come and like come and teach our clients what you're doing. Um, what's working right now, all that sort of stuff. So I'd always been doing that just as like a bonus for him, just like in doing it because I'd like to go travel with him. Um mm-hmm. so He was like, you know, uh, a good friend of mine and like my brother worked for him. So it was like, cool, like a free family holiday, once a quarter sort of thing, you know, like, oh, cool. I'll come do this, no worries. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd always like to try and teach as much as I could because that's probably more so my Superpower is like educating and taking a complex thing and making it relatively simple for most people to be able to understand, um, I'd say it is one thing that I'm pretty good at. So I like to always kind of double down on on that. And so I would just teach along the way then I was like, all right, there was a, came a point in time I'm like, I'm now gonna start doing it for myself and start trying to put out products and sell products And some of my first sales mentors were like, cool, put together a program, Sell it like you're already doing ads. Great. The people that want that don't want to do it, like put together like an eight week program, um, and and see if people want to buy it from you. Run some ads and see what happens. And we just started to get some results. We started getting people paying us for like an eight week Facebook training program, which we ran a few times. Then we started doing some more advanced things. And we did a um, I wanted to do. I was going over to Thailand for my cousin's wedding. I was like, I'm doing it in Thailand, and I was like. Cause I like martial arts as well. And I'd done like a bit of Muay Thai here train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I was like, I'm going to call it dojo and we're going to run it in Thailand. We're going to go train Muay Thai in the morning. And then when to come back and do ads and Facebook and business stuff in the afternoon. Um, and we did it. And I was like, we sold, I think it was like six people into it. It didn't make any money for my first event, nah. but it covered yeah. most of the cost. Like, so yeah, I was exactly. like, well, that got to me to Thailand for free for my cousin's wedding. Mm-hmm got to hang out in a week in like a pimp house in like there's a street a strip called millionaires row in thailand which is like all big beautiful houses um got to stay there had a private chef for the week like it was great so for me i was like that just to prove to myself that number one i could do it and then number two bring together some some great people that are, are doing cool stuff and, and hang out with them as i would like, do that anyway you know what i mean so like that yeah. was uh um that, that was really cool and that was that was the point where I was like, all right, great, probably going to start trying to put together a, um, a bit more focus on either my events or or groups. And at the time, I was still managing or helping like another group through my uh brother-in-law's business so then i was like Mm -hmm. "Mm, i don't really have time to do his four events and my four events but then that kind of phased out for him so i was like all right now i've got capacity to let's let's go Mm. let's let's see what happens so then i started launching our our mastermind which is like the highest level of coaching and consulting that we do and um and yeah and then it's just like we've just had our well last year was three years this will be our fourth this is our fourth year of running it which has been really cool so it's um yeah wow yeah it keeps me super busy and occupied with staying up to date with things. Cause it's like, everyone's like, cool, Kim better share something. Good. If so I'm coming to this mastermind and paying this money and, um, and also making me expand yeah. my connection of speakers and guests. And obviously you come and spoke for us, which was awesome. Um, you know, taught everyone how to take skulls, um, that's what is, doing. Uh, you know, how to, how to grow the best hair on Facebook. It's, uh, there was many different topics <laughs> covered. Um, <laughs> so that was, uh, that was great. And that was like, yeah, that, that's what, Again, like gives me some some uh, inspiration and, and fun and um, just outside of the box thinking, which I don't necessarily get every single day, day to day running, just running ads for everyone, um, even though our team do most of that now. But it does keep me on my toes, keep me testing things internally so I can share them externally as well.
1: Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's cool. I um, it's an interest. It's a funny story. Um, because I was one of your first. I think I was one of your first masterminders. Yeah, I think you were the, the, the first in the inaugural crew. Yeah, the first. There you go. Number one. There you go. Um, it's funny because I, I company I used to work with, Ryan Tuckwood. Um, he he was doing some training with them. He came and spoke to us in uh, just before the Christmas break in whenever it was, twenty eighteen or can't remember when exactly. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, they're just, they're saying really good stuff, like really motivational stuff. And I've just taken it um, as a, like, what the, what the fuck am I doing? I'm, I'm sitting here. I, I'm really good. at, I have this skill. I'm very good at advertising. I've been helping people on the side, getting them insane results. And I'm sitting here doing a thing that doesn't inspire me anymore. And this guy's a similar age. And I'm like, all right, I got to, I got to do the thing. I then go and see an ad with you in it, and it's talking about how you've grown, you started your business from zero and grew it up to a seven-figure, multi-seven-figure business, but did it the, in a really cool way, like ethically getting great results, having a good fun along the way. I'm like, right, I've spoken to Kim plenty of times. Let's fucking do it. See what he's got. I'm going in. I identified that I wanted to be around people that had done the thing that I wanted to, and then I hit you up um, and then joined the, the yeah, the very first mastermind and, um I think that's a really cool thing to share because I want to get into masterminds—the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, but yeah, just from from my perspective, um, I guess having someone there that—not I guess like I know with certainly having someone there that had that had gone through the 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 tough stuff, the stuff that you don't know about until you do. Really helped Katie and I on our growth path because we scaled quickly. We had, oh, it, you know, how quickly it blew up, um, and you were just giving the right hints at the right time, just the right sort of guidance, telling us like, "Oh Matt, build your team, stop being an idiot, like stop (laughs) taking on so many clients. But all the stuff you just don't know until it's too late. So um, with that in mind, I'd love to talk about masterminds, um, the the great things that you've seen, um, either from the ones you're in or the one, you know, your one, the mogul mastermind um, and
0: everything in between, mate. Yeah, look, I've been in a tonne i facilitated a ton, I've attended a ton, and obviously we we run our own. Um, and, look, they are great. And it's like I think that as long as people know what they're looking to get out of them, um, yeah. the things I dislike about masterminds at scale, I don't like big group masterminds. Don't call it a mastermind, it's an event. Like, that's yeah. my, my, like... That's my yeah. thing to say, if you've got over 30, 40 people, it's, it's impossible. Even th- like we, we bring about 30 into ours is like, and that's a stretch. That's like top end of m- the max amount of people you can have, because yeah. you can't really facilitate, uh, exchange of ideas and collective sharing of ideas in a group bigger than that. My, my personal opinion. So, yeah. um, bigger ones is like, cool, They're, big events are great. Um, I love them for inspiration and things like that, but it's hard to get like the brilliance of a, a small group. And that's what I really like about masterminds. So for me, the benefit is about having uh, like-minded people coming together, sharing ideas and being able to help each other. And, um, I, I personally like a mix of businesses cause I find that, um, yeah. too many businesses in the same niche, you fall into the habits of each other. And yeah. if you can get similar size businesses, like revenue sizes or people sizes, um, coming together and sharing ideas, then I think it's like, great, there's like, collective brilliance being like, this is working in this industry, why not bring it across to this industry? Or this is working yeah. over here, why not bring it across over here? And um, and uh, the, probably the third part that I like the most is like, having the ability to um, implement and execute, I think, is hugely important for people whilst either you're attending or immediately straight after. Um, too many events and masterminds I've been in, I've seen where you get like brain dumped on all day, epic, yeah. huge ideas, and then people don't either execute or they don't have the time to follow through. So we kind of run right ours a bit different because I've experienced it myself, like l- sitting there listening all day long and then going home is like, I'm like, I'm, my brain's dead. Then you've got like networking drinks and then you're like, cool. Then you go home, pass out and you do it all again the next day. It's like impossible. So uh, we run hours like early-ish, like between, we either start between 8 and 10 somewhere and we normally finish by like 2 to 3 so that people have, if they want to, time to decompress. We also make time in our events to implement. But then also after, if, even if you're going to go to network, if you're going to go to dinner, you've got an hour or two after an event to like, cool, let my brain settle, yeah. go for a walk, like get some peace to yourself and then you can go back again and network and have drinks or go to dinner or have people over or, or whatever you want to do. But having those gaps, I think is Im- important because like, you can't take too much information in all at once is my personal opinion. Like you can write it all down, yeah. but it's super hard to then implement. And then what happens is you go home, it's the weekend or it's on the weekend and you come home and you start your week, you're back in the swing of things and you look, you've yeah. got a book, um, you know ryan tucker would call it you know you add into your shelf help you know you've got like all this stuff that's starting to to build up on the on the bookshelf behind you but you haven't actually implemented it and actually taken yeah. action on it so for yep. for me i think that's the the big things is like especially if you go to one um either having time in it to implement or making time immediately post it to implement for yourself because you probably get some some ideas that could change your business and change your life but if you don't take that time to implement it it's like it's, it's going to go to the wayside so for me um i like to find like shorter events or masterminds to go to or again i just make time after it's like ideally i love ones that are during the week so i can keep my weekends to decompress or to execute and put the plans together yeah um rather than being like taking all the time up and like or again same taking a monday off after a weekend one so that you've got that time to be able to decompress and then execute and, and find out what you liked, what you didn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's. I think that's great advice. Like, personal experience, uh, same sort of thing. It does take it out of you, especially if you go all in and you're super focused on it, you're not mucking around on your phone and you, you really are taking in the information and putting in a big effort to make it work. Some of us will most likely be working before or after, like in the morning or at night as well, depending on your your scenario so um, having that time to focus and then just really picking out one thing to go all in with that's what I found mm-hmm. um, It might not even be that you implement one thing from from the mastermind if you like, which you saw with us um. Sometimes it's it's not the right time, but you park it there for later when it is the right time, and we've done that plenty of times. So, yeah, I think that's really good advice, mate. Um, you've, um, just on the events sort of space, uh, I think you've, like, you've really identified that a mastermind should be smaller, intimate, um, you know, the ones at scale, they really are events, but you have thrown a couple of big events too. I love yeah. to sort of hear about, you know, the events you've thrown and, and how they went and
0: what you loved, what you didn't. Yeah, I mean, look, they're they're stre- much more stressful. <laughs> you can, you, you have much less <laughs> uh, much less room for mm-hmm. error, much less you can get away with in uh, in bigger events. So our uh, the the biggest one that we've done today is and look in in comparison, some people that put on events is is, is small. We had 150 people at Optus Stadium um, here in Perth, which was really cool at the football stadium here um felt yeah. bigger than that felt big yeah if it, it did feel it, it was big, big but it felt yeah, yeah. It, it was like it, it definitely felt a lot more like i I probably thought it was like double that but it was it wasn't yeah. <laughs> tickets t- we just saw that many tickets like that's for sure um <laughs> and uh we had like mark boris was our keynote we had like tons we had ryan tuckle tons of great speakers come and speak as well um which was epic And it was across two two full days um and it was um it was it was intense. It was great. Like it from like the event itself didn't make money on like ticket sales, but that wasn't our intention. Yeah. we got it was to find like 150 people that love what we do, that came in, that got to experience it, that got to be like brand advocates for us going forward, where they could get some really good results on the on. Uh, from, from being there and take that away. And obviously, we also got to bring in um, all of our masterminders, which was great. And yeah, it was um, just a cool experience to be able to facilitate. Um, if I do it again, I probably – I did. I don't think on the front end, like having a big keynote person, like sometimes can bring people, sometimes doesn't. Like a, a yeah. handful of people probably bought tickets because of Mark Burris being the keynote. When I say handful, yeah. I'm like – probably three that i know of they were like i came yeah. From that.
1: yeah i it had works. a few people mention that to me in passing yeah um
0: like it's, but yeah, it
1: was a handful yeah
0: like it's small but they, but a couple did right but the awareness that we got after yeah a lot of people were like oh you're the guy like and you're like your your social voice are the guys that brought over mark boris right like oh yeah that was us and we had ads running with him like he did a video saying he's coming over for certified bowlers all that sort of stuff um so the which is what the intention of the event was was bigger more awareness for our business and brand Mm. um like more connection with speakers and their audiences and things like that so from that perspective um it worked as i but if our goal was just to buy to sell tickets i wouldn't have put on on a big keynote like that but the bigger intention behind it was but also because we didn't want to also run a sales event i didn't want to have people with sales forms standing at the back of the room buying stuff and again not because that's good bad or otherwise i just couldn't be bothered dealing with that i was like no i'd rather speak to people after one-on-one see what works for them not try and pitch everyone and use like you know you see now like people bringing over Gary V and all that sort of stuff and the reason they bring them over is because then on the back of that they're going to sell you something yeah. And then tickets at yeah. a hundred bucks or something like that. Like it's, it's, it's going to be a sales process. Like I've got no problem with that either. But for me, I was just like, not my jam, not what I want to do. Yeah. Cannot be bothered with that. So we just, des- we decided to do, yeah, just more manual f- back end follow-up, but, um, which, would, again, was was epic, and we got some really good results on the back of that. Um, didn't help us that the week after that was COVID hit. So like, Yeah, that's right. But that was, like, a bit annoying because that kind of made it hard because we were also going to try and sell tickets to CBO number three, and it was like, well, we don't know when we can ever do an event again. So yeah, um, that kind of made that hard. But, yeah, it was, um, it was a good experience. It was like, as long as you know, again, with big events, it's like knowing the purpose, the outcome you want to achieve with it is the biggest thing because again i could have done yeah. that thinking i'm going to make sales on the front end and it would have sucked or i could have done it and been like trying to trying to pitch products at it and it would have sucked because i also had all of our clients there and i was like i don't want to all my clients have already bought stuff from me i don't want to sit there and sell to them for two hours like i couldn't think yeah. of anything worse neither could they so yeah. it's um knowing the intention behind it as well um i think is is the big one so like knowing what you want to achieve from an event um and they're all good and they're fun and like i love speaking at them i'm speaking at a big event over in um melbourne in august which would be cool like i much but like look t- to be fair i'd much rather someone else take on the pressure the pressure and stress and uh i just yeah. come and speak and then i get to go home yeah like that's much better <laughs> <for me. laughs>
1: yeah i will say your speakers had a great time we were having a few drinks with them after and I yeah, had a great experience. <laughs> Mark Boris, his presence. He, it's not that he, sh- he didn't share any any different information than what some of the other people did. It's just him, the way he says it, his credibility. Yeah, when he speaks, he just commands your attention, hey? He was fantastic.
0: The, he's got the swagger.
1: Yeah, he does. It was super cool, even yeah. if you didn't make any cash on the front end. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Love to get your thoughts on sort of what's popping in the world of ads at the moment. Like, what what should we look out for?
0: Where's the opportunity at the moment? Yeah, look, there's some there's some pretty cool stuff coming. Like, I know there's like there's several new platforms which will be hitting the markets in in the coming months and, and year or so. So, um, I think it's always good to be able to take a first mover advantage when that sort of stuff comes through. So um, definitely tell everyone to kind of have their like their ears and, and radars up for that. But um, at the moment, the biggest thing that I'm seeing is just like it's making is, is making an ecosystem, like making sure that if, you, if you're running ads on Meta, you're running ads on TikTok, you're running ads on Google, like you've got a cross-pollination going. So what yeah. we started to see is that a lot of people still try and like, it's like having a table with one leg. They're like, oh, I, I'm just going to do ads here. And it works for a bit. And then something happens an account goes down and it gets paused or whatever. And then it's like the rest of the ecosystem doesn't like doesn't have any fuel. But if you've got Meta ads, TikTok ads, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, whatever it might be, they all kind of work together, and they all feed back into um, website and, and Google. So I found that like the more that people kind of have a cross pollination of many different platforms the better that they they do and like not just spending more money on one that's getting you cheaper leads or or whatever it might be at the moment but increasing that across the board so that you're building a bigger ecosystem to bring people in so for, for me i think that whole like omnipresence approach is is becoming even more and more so pertinent but um making sure that you've got at least like three or four, you know, legs for your table, I think is, uh, um, is hugely important. And it's only going to become, become more important as, uh, as people start to, you know, get saturated in different areas where people, you know, pumping out crappy content with chat GPT and things like that. And there's going to be a whole lot of more smack coming out. Like it's better to have your, your personality and brand being showcased um, authentically as you, like across more platforms because it's going to it's going to start to stand out between like the chalk and the cheese
1: yeah you mentioned something there that i'll i'll try and get a bit of an answer out of you try and dig a bit deeper that there are some new platforms coming out and uh whilst you're a bit nonchalant about it you may have some more insider information can you share anything
0: more yeah there's or do we have to wait well, look, for the, full, for the full breakdown, I'm going to have to wait, but there's I know that there's platforms that I'm working on, um, that I'm working on with advertisers to help, such as, you know, Mr. Matt Smith, to help um, make sure that the advertisers as businesses are supported, as well as businesses on the platforms are supported. And um, we've got some that have got some probably more unique approaches to how they're approaching social media versus being just social media. I think the rise of that has come off the back of TikTok where they're they're not saying they're a social media app. They're saying that they are an entertainment and education app. So I yeah. think when you start to see some of these niche, niches down in the world of social media, even though they want to get away from that banner, like the one that we're referencing, like there's going to be one which is going to be based around more positivity, happiness, and, and support um, as a platform rather mm. than just social media where people can go and spout off words and talk crap about each other and, and all that sort of stuff there's there's definitely um at least one coming that's going to have that as a focus um but it's also going to yeah. focus on the all the end users rather than being like people that use facebook guys know it's like cool try and get in touch with someone and get some support terrible right business yep. owner and your page go- disappears terrible individual user and your profile gets locked or blocked or someone tries to hack it get support terrible like yeah. so i think the ability to to make all of those things um uh, or overcome all of those things and and put all of those you know stakeholders first um all three of those that that's going to ma- make a big game changer um into the into the future and as well especially when they're niched into certain uh, categories and criteria i think you're going to start to see more and more of that rather than like hey, it's social media, it's going to be like, hey, it's entertainment and education, purely video format like TikTok and, and things like that. Mm.
1: Yeah, nice. I have a Kim Barrett question for Kim Barrett. Ooh. What's a question I should have asked you but didn't? One of my favourites, that one.
0: Oh, that is that is a – whoever came up, whoever says that is a good question. <laughs> um, uh-huh. No, I mean, like uh, similar to your last question, like what's, what's working now? Like what's one thing that someone could do right now? Um, Mm. and look, all I would say is to double down on your content ads. If you're someone who has like a personal brand or positions yourself, um, even on a couple bucks a day across every platform, because as I say, Mm. I think that we're going to see more and more AI based content coming out more. Like synthetic people content coming out, people pumping out content that doesn't really cut through. They're just doing content because they can do content fast and easy. Yeah, and I think the more that you can have that in front of your ideal audience, you're going to be positioned as like a mogul. You're going to be positioned as the best um, as things go forward. So a couple bucks a day on Met, a couple bucks a day on TikTok and and YouTube um wherever else you can run video ads probably linkedin and, and twitter as well um i think that you will uh easily stand out as more because i'm seeing so many people now pumping out content but it's like it's value-based sure but it's generic no yeah. voice to it sort of thing so i haven't pumped out like i know how to automate and pump out 100 pieces of content from chat gpt into Canva in like two minutes if i want to that's mm. not hard but when I look at the content that's pumping out, I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to post any of this because it's not yeah. me and it's not um, it doesn't have enough touch on the way that I would like to speak about things. So I'm like, mm, I'm going to like, I'm, I'll manually still do a little bit of my content, like pull together the ideas and stuff that I want to talk about. Then again, once I can make sure that people see that more and more. It just again separates me from the people that are just pumping out generic stuff because my the stuff I want to talk about is important. I think for business owners and has a, has a benefit to them.
1: Yeah, you're on the money there. Because most people are just going to switch off if they sense it's you know it's generic. It's it's like an ad on TV that people switch off. They they don't they don't care. Mm. They're not going to watch. But if it's you, that's something that can't be faked or that can't be artificially generated or anything else. So that's great advice, mate. Um, Mr. Kim Barrett, where can people find you? How can people connect with you to get more information about
0: all the cool stuff you're doing? Yeah. um, Pretty much anywhere on the internet. I'm real Kim Barrett, R E A L Kim B A double Kim Barrett. That's pretty much me anywhere. Yoursocialvoice.com.au, kimbarrett.com.au are our websites if you want to check out stuff there, but yeah most i'm on most platforms i pretty much get back to you if you shoot me a message so if anyone wants to jam on or touch on any of the things we've spoken about today like yeah feel free hit me up anytime guys thank you so much for joining matt and myself i really hope you enjoyed this episode of course if you enjoy it please share it with someone get it out there to help more people until next time i'm kim y'all have been awesome i'll see you then